0: Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Peace be upon you all. With God's name, the merciful benefactor, the merciful redeemer. This is your host and producer, John Nasheed, Blog Talk Radio program, broadcasting from New Rochelle, New York, on this. Thursday evening at seven PM, October the twentieth. Uh we're gonna be talking to you today or this evening on a topic is Alice Islam in America established by former plantation slaves. And uh very interesting and this is part one. I think we're gonna maybe do maybe a four part uh, over a period of time. It's very important that we know our history, <clears throat> pre-Islamic history, you know, when we were in the days of darkness or jahlia. And uh, very important. Actually, it's a, much more important to teach our children their history I mean, so they can put things in perspective uh, in their lessons in school. And uh, many different children from different cultures or religions and things of that nature, have an upper hand in school because they know their history and they know the roots of their being. and Sometimes we might be a little ashamed because our ancestors came from slaves, but nonetheless, that's our history. We can't get away from it. We must orientate them and educate them and teach them about our ancestors and teach them about their life. Very important, very important, because everything starts in darkness. And it evolves into life. So I think we are in a very good position right here in this day and time. Actually, I actually heard a number of Imam Muhammad said that this is the best time that man ever lived on this planet It's the day of rolling up the old world and bringing in a new. So when, when we see events taking place like the event that took place today, uh Gaddafi president of an independent country being assassinated in his own country with the aid of America and NATO. And we notice that it's time to roll it up. This is God speaking to us. Many of these countries that's in turmoil today is because of one term that was used by President Bush and that was terrorists. And all of the nations that we see in turmoil right now Muslim countries, Arab, Muslim countries in the Middle East, and who knows what tomorrow is going to bring. You know, there's a movie about Libya. I don't know if anybody had uh, saw the movie, but it's called The Lion of the Desert. It was played by Anthony Quinn. Very, very powerful movie. It's when the Italians had invaded uh, Libya and put the people in concentration camps this old fellow, which was played by Anthony Quinn, his name was Mukhtar, and he was fighting him back. He had a small band of army, but nonetheless he fought and fought and fought him hard and in the end, they were just overpowered him, there was just too much for him and They rounded him, his army and all of the people in Libya, and they put him behind Bob wire in the desert uh I believe that was I don't know. Yeah, but I, I don't know the exact year, so I won't mention it. But at any rate, <clears throat> when they were getting ready to hang Moukta, uh, you know, all of the people were there observing, and they finally put the ne- rope around his neck. He said a prayer. He read the Quran. He said a prayer. He took off his glasses. He put them on the ground. He put his Quran on the ground, and they hung him. And the ending of the movie was a... Little young boy, little Muslim boy, Libyan child. He went over and he picked up his Quran and he picked up his glasses, and basically that was the end of the movie. And what was it telling us? That the struggle didn't end. Colonialism, they were fighting against colonialism. So here's another generation that picked up his work, picked up his Quran, picked up his glasses, his vision, his focus, his insight, the Quran, and he moved on with it. We see the same things happening today in Libya, Uh, invaders and colonial powers coming back into the country, uh, killing the president of a sovereign nation and dividing the country. Some of the people, I recall, people who were fighting the battle, every time you see on television they were coming, they were making an attack. And then, before you know it, you see them running, running, running back down the road. It's just too much for them. Then NATO comes in, America, and NATO comes in and finance the war with their equipment, etc. And then a lot of innocent people lost their lives as a result. So, as I had written, in a little piece I had written today, it's a very sad time, a very sad day for god fearing people in the world when we see these kinds of uh, incidents take place in the world. And quite naturally, we know we have the most powerful media so we can justify anything in the minds of the people. So we're going to talk this evening, and uh, if anybody is tuned in, you know, we thank you for being with us, and if not, if you pick it up later, you can um, go to the archives and Uh, Listen to programs that we had In prior weeks And also this program Right in the archives Anytime you desire to go Also our website is NM-DP.com That's New Mind Development Project Also I have a blog on there There's a link You can link right to the blog And check that out Also Facebook and Twitter you can. My name is John Nasheed, N-A-S-H-I-D. Facebook slash John Nasheed. We have a radio program. It's WBOX dot com. WBOX dot com. We come on every Saturday morning live at 10 p.m. 10 a.m. Excuse me. Saturday to 11 a.m. And our caller number is nine one four area. You can If you have a comment You can call in And uh, make your comment Uh, So we welcome you Well what we're going to talk about today Is the institution Of slavery And we're talking about Al-Islam In America uh, Established by former Plantation slaves So we're going to be talking about the slave trade We're going to talk about slavery We're going to talk about Jim Crow and uh, we want to talk about the Reconstruction period. We want to talk about the nation of Islam and also the world community of Al Islam in the West. And all of these periods that we're talking about here is leading up. And with Muslims, it's still unacceptable. Those who follow the teachings of the Quran and the example of Prophet Muhammad. So this institution of slavery. Slavery meaning involuntary servitude imposed on a person by another person or persons. And uh there are different forms of slavery. <coughs> Indentured slavery. You know, there are many people who sell themselves into slavery um, by contract for a certain period of time, uh, five years, six years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever the case, they, they work, uh, and, and uh, the contract, and that contract is binding on one to work for another person. So in other words, people that come to America early on, like the Irish peoples, Italian people. And they were indent- indentured slaves or servants. I don't even believe they call themselves slaves, but nonetheless, when you tie it to another people, that's what it is, but indentured servants. So they, they they contracted their labor out for a price for a fixed amount of time, indentured slaves. And there was also chattel slaves, and uh, this is personal property. Cattle and the word cattle. And you know how uh, <coughs> the farmer, he owns his cattle, uh, his, his property. If he sells his property, he sells his cattle along with the property. And that's the same thing that we were involved in, chattel, chattel slaves. We belonged to the property of the slave master. And also in the medieval times, the, the serfs. Person in feudal servitude, they a bond to the master's land and transferred with the land to a new owner. So it was, it was the same thing like chattel. And this
1: feudalism
0: uh, it was a system in 1600 in Europe. And we see many people like Robin Hood. If you saw that story, you're kind of familiar with uh, that period of time. You know, where you had the king and you had the knights and the sheriff and you had the peasants, like the serfs. He was rebellious, so he lived in the forest. But nonetheless, the serfs worked the land for the king. So this was a feudalism. It's an economic and social system. Uh, feudal lords uh, controlling the land that belonged to the king. And I... I guess if you took the time to really study this period or that fr- feudalism, you'll see that it's not much different from the system that we live now. Live under now, right here in America, we call it a democracy and freedom and all the rest of those things. But nonetheless, when you have a society ruled by a certain class of people, like all of us, ruled by a certain class of people, you know, fellows. I heard on the radio and man, he was very knowledgeable about politics. Someone called in and said, that you should run for office. He said, oh, hey, that easy? You don't want anybody to be in office. He said, if you don't have any connections to power and money, forget it. You'll never be the president. And he said, well, how did President Obama get in? Because he was connected to power and money. Somebody prepared him to do the job that he's doing right now. And don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. He was prepared for the job that he's doing right now. So it's not much difference. All the land was owned by the king, and the land was parceled out to trusted knights who had many serfs or peasants to work the land and defend the land for the king. Well, tell me that's not like the system that we have now. All of the land, all of the property belongs to the king. And the king is not in government. The king is the corporations and the big investment banks. They own it. That's their kingdom. As a matter of fact, America is their kingdom. And then they parcel it out to trusted uh, people uh, who under them have many people like us, the common man to work the land and defend the country for the king. Everything goes right back to the king. Slavery is in the Bible. And when we study the history of the children of Israel, uh, Joseph or Yusuf in the Quran, I believe it's chapter 9, surah 9. If we study that, you know, we'll see uh, exactly what we're talking about here. The Israelites enslaved were enslaved to uh, Pharaoh in Egypt for 400 years. And that number sounds familiar, right? 400 years right here in America. Enslaved from 1611 to 2000, 2011. actually right on the money. I recall Imam Wati Muhammad was saying that the history of Moses and the history and our history is similar history. If you study their history, you could see our history and their history. And one of our biggest problems is we don't take time to study. And the more we study, the more we learn, and the more we're able to make connections. And as many connections that we could make, the more insight that we have. So the Israelites, the children of Israel, and these weren't people from uh, Eastern Europe that are in Israel right now. These were ancient, the ancient Israelites. And uh, from that area, they weren't people, Caucasian people that lived in Europe. Now, the people that are in Israel now, these people are Zionists. They're not there for religious reasons. They capitalize off of this history that we're getting ready to talk about right now. And they put themselves in that place that this land belongs to them it is their land chosen land that was given to them but they weren't even in the scenario they come out of Eastern Europe and we all know the story and talking about France and England and Britain and countries uh, like that those are the ones who installed them into Palestine to take the land from the children of Israel and give it to Our history. The Israelites, the Israelites were enslaved to Pharaoh in Egypt, and this particular Pharaoh wasn't a good Pharaoh. He was a bad Pharaoh, and Moses liberated them from his cruel, from this cruel oppressor uh, by the help of God. And we know the story where Moses went to Pharaoh, and he said, commissioned by God. said it in a way that it it, it extinguished itself let them go and uh, it was God's command that Pharaoh let his people go and we know and uh, you know we just love our master so much that we would rather take the beating than to see him take the beating sad situation that we uh, experience right here in America and I'm not saying that as trying to be funny or anything I'm saying that as a matter of fact and the reason that it takes place like this because many of us don't know the pain, the suffering and the misery that our forefathers went through in a time of slavery, and uh, quite nicely, God knows best, and when he separated them by the sea, he brought them to a land of their own, Canaan, uh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and that's the city of peace, he gave them a city of peace, he took them out of bondage and he put them in a situation of peace. And we know that there are many, many, many different events that took place. We know the Crusades and all these things that took place to take that land back. And I'm trying to show us a picture here of slavery, a broad, broad picture of slavery, not only amongst the children of Israel, but all over the ancient world, people had slaves, probably ever since man was on this face of the earth. He took advantage of another man who he saw to be inferior. Slavery involves the right of ownership over people regarded as inferior or lower caste, a lower caste, a lower class of people. Right. So the person stands in, in in this society that we live in, a white superiority. You know, God is a white man. He's Jesus, Jesus Christ is. God, so they say. And if Jesus is God and Jesus is white, then quite nasty, I have to be superior over a man who is black. And the Bible says that Ham was cursed black to serve white folks. Damaging, very damaging teaching. See, because what this slavery did here was it didn't have anything to do with shadows, I mean, excuse me, adventure contract and you eventually be free. This was perpetual slavery. So once they took the chains off of the wrists and the feet, they said, well, how are we going to hold these people? Make them inferior and make ourselves superior. That's exactly what happened. So we see Judaism uh, sanctioned slavery and also the slave trades. This is the Bible, I mean the first, the Old Testament, the the Pentateuch, of the, the or the first five books of the Old Testament, uh, which they believed were from God, or that's how they interpreted it. They interpreted it that God sanctioned slavery. You know, the the superior over the inferior, and we can see it in many people's habits. You know, sometimes we watch these people, and they just so superior that they would even walk up in front of you in line when you're waiting in the bank and get ahead of you. And I'm telling you, if you allow it in this day and time, shame on you. Because if they pull it on me, I'll straighten them right out. You know, I remember we had a, a Brother Yusuf Shah, one of our beloved brothers who passed away from the nation of Islam. He would loud talk you. <laughs> He put you right in your place. You get out of place for it. He was loud though. He makes sure everybody's hear you. So you won't do that again. So in this uh in Exodus, which is the first chapter of the Old Testament, in chapter twenty one, in two to six, and it speaks about that. And we ask ourselves a question did the Jews enslave Jews? <coughs> yes, they did enslave. As I mentioned, the only one who freed people from slavery was Prophet Muhammad. Was there slaves before Prophet Muhammad? Yes, there were many slaves before Prophet Muhammad. Matter of fact, that was the nature of Saudi Arabia before Prophet Muhammad received his mission. And we know the story about Bilal, Bilal ibn Rabah. He was an Ethiopian, Ethiopian slave was from Abyssinia. Abyssinia was full of Christians and also Jews. Actually, when they airlifted, when people were, Abyssinia were having problems and they brought some of the African Abyssinians to Israel as a effort of goodwill. And they said that many of these Abyssinians were more scholarly in the Torah than the Jews that are there right now. Because so they're ancient. They go way back. And uh, this is a very, very valuable history that we must all uh, understand, learn, and understand. So uh, much, much history. And we're talking about slavery, actually the institution of slavery worldwide. And uh, Babylonian, King Nebuchadnezzar conquered Palestine and burnt Jerusalem. This is where the Jews that came from Pharaoh is, with their home, Jerusalem. And he carried them away. The Israelites, the Jews, or Hebrews, as they uh, came to be known. Later, a Persian emperor, Cyrus, he released them from Babylon and sent them back to Palestine. The Jews, in turn, made the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Canaan, their bondsmen or slaves. Jews were permitted to own slaves as property, by their understanding, they could kill them, they could ill-treat them, and no crime or no sin was connected to that. And we're talking about a mentality here, and we can better understand those folks that brought us here—the mentality that they were a superior people, and we were a and inferior people, a lower class, a lower caste. They could sell their own children into slavery, enslave their brothering, brothering in faith. So uh, this is their understanding of their religion or their way of life. <clears throat> Although they preferred to enslave outsiders for perpetual slavery, Charles permitted Jews to buy slaves from those living under their rule amongst themselves and from neighboring people. So we're seeing here that this institution was a way of life for many, many centuries, a way of life, slavery. Slaves were chattel owned by the master. There was no uh, emancipation. In other words, you couldn't be free. Actually, there was so... Put on the government here, and they see that it didn't maybe it wasn't that much pressure. I guess the war, too, but you know, they had other economic reasons in the north. But President Lincoln he signed an emancipation proclamation, but that came from President Lincoln. And I mean, if it was a good thing, it's a good thing, we're not going to discredit it, but no man. send them out into the war. And we see many pictures where there's thousands and thousands and thousands of these people uh, that they call soldiers, but they're just sacrificial soldiers. Uh, They belong to the army. They belong to the ruling class. They were slaves in all of the ancient civilizations. So Exodus 21 and 2, chapter 2, it says, if you buy a Hebrew servant, now, this is the, the, the Torah, the Jewish book, or the Old Testament. If you buy a Jewish servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go free. So we're talking about indentured slaves here. And then it also mentions if for some reason he just refused to leave because his wife or children or something of that nature, then. He shall serve that uh, master forever. And there's another system called the caste system. Hindus in India and uh, the Lord created. They believe, they have a doctrine, you know, just like other folks. They don't have revelation, they never received revelation, but they are inspired by. Uh, whatever they're inspired by, uh, uh, the the, the manu shatra, uh, it's a social religious code that they live by. And there's three castes or three different levels. And I'm not gonna mess up the name by trying to uh, pronounce them. I'll just say one, two, three, and four four being superior, uh, one being inferior. Or maybe we'll turn that around. One, two, three, four. One being superior, four being inferior. And this Lord, according to them, created the superior from his mouth and the next level from his arms and the next from his thigh and the last or lowest cast He created from his feet. Sutra, sudra, the sudra is the bottom cast, uh, was to serve the others, three, for for life. And he couldn't move up the the line. He was at the bottom, and he will always be at the bottom. Actually, his whole family line, if you're born into that family, the sudra, you will always belong to that lower caste or that lower class. Servants. Servants of the higher. If necessary, the higher class can take their property by force. Whatever he he had belonged to the master. Nothing could be more uh, honorable for the, the, the lower class than to serve the higher class. Now this is a This is indoctrination because by nature, man knows that he has a certain place or wherever he is that his nature tells him to strive for excellence, for higher excellence. But being indoctrinated from a little child, that you can't go any further than that. And this happened to us. Now, why are these things here? Why are we talking about them? We're talking about them because these are the same identical things that happened to us the sutra, the lower caste, to tell a man that you are uh, I don't, I, I'll say it, but I'm not going to say it no more because people get angry. But the N-word, that you you're N-word, that you're, you're black, you're not worth anything, you never was it worth anything, your mother, your father, nobody was worth anything and you, that's what you'll always be. Is that the same story? Of course it is. That's why Many of us today have an inferiority complex because we heard it for so long. It's just over and over and over. The psychological effects of slavery is in effect right now as we're talking. People still feel inferior to a master, a higher class. He's a high class person. He's a lower class. And then even some of us, when we see light complexion African-Americans we immediately put them over us. You see a black African-American, dark-skinned, and a light complexion African-American. The darker one, maybe not now, I hope not. But when I was coming up, almost immediately felt that he was inferior to that individual. And if you just think about it for a minute, you see that most of the people who came into positions of leadership among African Americans back in the 30s, I mean, 40s and 50s, wore light complexion. Adam Clayton Powell, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the UN, the first ambassador in the UN, the, the big judge. I can't recall these people's names, but I know I'm looking at them in light complexion. Actually, white folks didn't make dark-skinned people to be leaders in... Uh, his society You know I was looking in the paper yesterday And Mr. Kane was running for president And the section of the paper They have him up giving the uh, thumbs up And they have a A close up picture of him Will this be your next president Now he's a dark-skinned man And he's holding his hand up And they made sure that the picture was shadowed There wasn't even no light reflection Coming off of his face and I can imagine some of those white folks say, hell no, that won't be my president. Not that black man. You know, President Obama, we can deal with him because President Obama wasn't a plantation slave. He didn't come through that orientation. He came from a whole nother source we call an African-American, and he is because he's African and Caucasian. But that's not the question. The point that we're making is that he did not come by way of the plantation. So therefore, he doesn't have the sensitivities that we have. He doesn't have to, and maybe maybe try to have the concern, but I think it would be a little impossible for him to even have that kind of concern. you have human concern, yes, but I'm talking about the kinds of concerns for African-American people with slave ancestry that's still at the bottom of the barrel. The sutra the lower class property caused the higher class much pain just to see a a low class person with property you know in other words, if you owned a house or something of like that nature it just made them feel feel so so bad you know in India today, you know the unique caste system of four major uh, her, hereditary caste. Now, like I mentioned, you born into it, you live in it. That's what you always are. you high class or you low class? Or one in the middle? Or two in the middle, I should say. So the Hindu social order starts with the, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce them, bar, bar, bra, mean. the Brahmin at the apex or the top of everything. They're probably the big rulers, leaders, etc. The Tash, Triya, uh, is a warrior class. Those are the ones who fight the battles. Somebody, the generals and the big army people, things of that nature. And the Vaisha, vai vai Vaisha, the merchants, the uh, farmers and the artisans, and those kinds of people. And down at the bottom is considered to be the untouchables. They do all of the filthy work burying the dead, the garbage cleaning out the garbage and waste and and slaughtering animals and things of that nature. And uh these things are important for us to understand. You know, Christianity the rise of Christianity after Judaism in the Roman world, improved the condition of slaves. It wasn't that hard and cruel because actually Christians believe that it's, it's un-Christian behavior to enslave a Christian. I remember Imam Wadi Muhammad was telling us about uh, one of the reasons that so many of the slaves came from West Africa is because those were where the Muslims were. He said some Christians were, came, too, but the majority, Muslim. Most of the slaves that came to North America, starting in 1611, came from West Africa. And uh, I remember going to Charleston, and they are so close, they know the history. Actually, they have an annual day where the Africans come over to Charleston, and they kind of hang out. And uh, Muslim, these are Muslim people. So that was forbidden. Christians made it a little easier because they were somewhat trying to follow the law of their book, although many of them didn't because they enslaved many Christian people. It was against the Christian law for the Christians to enslave Christians, but that didn't stop Europeans from enslaving the Slavic people. The word Slavic means slave. We know that to mean slave today. And they use them for, for for fighting for the same kinds of things that they use slaves for for generations, generations, to do the difficult labor, the planning, the, the, the harvesting, the fighting the wars, all of these different kinds of things. You know, labor, labor cost is very expensive. In our society today, you know, we have a, a semblance of, Uh, having a job and all the rest of these kinds of things, but the money that you make, if you make $7 an hour, $10 an hour, all of that money goes right back. You don't get any benefit. You might have an opportunity to buy a few little things, but it goes right back. You're never able to accumulate any any wealth. You're never able to own any wealth. And uh, same kind of situation. So under feudalism in Europe... (coughs) Christian Europe, serfdom took the place of slavery. Uh, Feudalism, a social and economic system in Europe from 11th to the 16th century. And we know a a part of that, you know, Christians came into the Renaissance and they began to stretch out, uh, as I mentioned, 16th century slaves came to North America. Only a few, but Jamestown, Virginia. That's where it all started for us. And in this feudal period, the kings put the barons or the knights in charge of his land. They agreed to give back military service to the king and swore allegiance to them. These barons and knights leased the land to the peasants or serfs in return for servitude, taxation, and other dues, and, and voluntary labor. Serf peasants were sold with the land. They were like slaves to the feudal barons. And, and these are our bankers today. we we slaves to the bankers, whether we know it or not. And we see what Robin Hood, the picture of Robin Hood. And Robin Hood began to steal from the rich and gives to the poor and that's the story and he lived in the forest and he was a rebel and he fought against that and now we see these things taking place right now on wall street going up against this big fruit feudal baron uh, the lad owners etc people are rising up and going against that This is the conclusion. (laughs) That's why Imam Muhammad mentioned to us that there is no time better than the time that we are living in right now. This is the rolling up of the the works of people who have went contrary to God's will. (laughs) Record indicate that European merchants who dealt in child slaves bought infidels, Jews, and believers. Didn't make them a difference. The defeat of the Moors in Spain in the 15th century, actually 1492 to be exact, gave them the option of Christianity, exile, or slavery. And that was also the period of Christopher Columbus, 1492, when he sailed the ocean blue. Uh, looking for the new world. And he ended up in the uh, South America areas. And uh, he's looking for India. So he missed India, but that didn't make any difference to him. He just named the place India and named the people Indian. Now, we should never call a Native American an Indian. Actually, he hates that word. It's just like calling us the N-word. And some of us, we're just going to insist on calling them that anyway because that's what the history books call them. But don't call them that. Call them a Native American. These are original indigenous uh, person or peoples to this land. And we should show that kind of respect. And, uh, of course, history is best qualified to reward all research. You know, the Crusade Wars, the War of the Cross, started by Christians against the Muslims to take the holy land of Palestine from the Muslims. And that's been going on for as long as we can remember. You know, they want to as put the Muslims back in slavery, put them under slavery, put them under their power. And when we see Palestine today, and this is why these people fight so hard, because they know their history. They've been there for 1,200 years. They know their history, people from Palestine. And they know when the, when the, the Zionists came to their country, was for the purpose of running them out. Just like how do you take a person's land, and then the land that they live on, you build settlements on their land. It makes sense. And America seems like they have no sense. America to stand up for something that they know is completely wrong and matter of fact help them take it number one and then try to help them to justify it so quite nicely if we don't know the history we have enslaved ourselves one of the biggest slaves that you'll ever find is an ignorant person who have an opportunity to acquire knowledge some people don't have that opportunity you can't call them foolish but it's a foolish person and in America, we have more books, more libraries, more schools, more computers than anybody on this planet Earth. There's no reason for us in this day and time to be ignorant. So these lessons of the Crusades, everything that I talked about here tonight, and much more, or we can relate to these things in our own struggle for freedom and equality in the world, not just here in America, in the world. Because any we live in a society and immigrant people come to the society and do much better than we do, people from Mexico and Guatemala, they're doing much better than we are doing right here in America. Can't they speak English? And we 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 laugh at them and say how many living in the house, one house, eating out the same pot. That's what we should do. We should be conditioning ourselves to live in the same house, for a few years and eat out of the same pot until we become economically stable where we can branch out and get land and build our own houses on our own property and open up businesses. These people come over here and roll up their sleeves, get a lawnmower and a weed whacker and go into business. Now they have big trucks and blacktop equipment and roofing and all kinds of things that's going on. So I'm I'm, I'm not hating on them. As a matter of fact, I love it. And I teach my children, my grandchildren, the work ethic of these people. Get that. Take that. If you don't get anything else, understand what these people do to be successful economically in a society that affords these kinds of freedoms, at least at this time. The Christian crusade overran Palestine in the year 1099. They massacred Jews and Muslims, they took thousands back to Europe, and sold them into slavery. So this slavery thing is very popular, very popular amongst these Europeans because they were the colonizers. They went into people, they enslaved people. After that, they went in, they colonized, and then later on, neo-colonism. And that means that they put, they had to leave, but they, they left an African or a Chinese or somebody in their place to be their uh, ears and eyes and represent power. They were the power. The power was in Europe. But they're doing it right now in Africa. <laughs> Same thing right now. They're dangling uh, paychecks and aid and food and things of that nature. But the control of the resources, they still control. So in other words, the country is still enslaved. I was just speaking to an African today, and I asked him, I said, brother, brother how, how many countries have a functioning democracy? He said, only Ghana. I said, wow, that's unbelievable. He said, the rest of them are just out for themselves to get what they can get. And he's from Togo, a little small country in Togo. He said, even then divided his country up years ago. See, it's about divide in country. There's always a south and a north when they when they leave. <laughs> They'll divide you up, because the whole purpose is to enslave. In Europe, the Christians also sold their own brethren into slavery. They didn't have a problem with these things. European pirates raided the coast of Africa for capturing slaves for centuries. And this is where many of us come on the coast of West Africa. England also, uh, Irish and Scottish uh, prisoners were sold uh, into slavery in the West Indies and in the Americas as indentured bondsmen for the recovery of debt. Greece and Rome, the so called root of civilization, uh, but in reality, the root of, of Christian civilization, Caucasian civilization, prospered on the institution of slavery. Actually, how could you call a country that that functions with the institution of slavery the root of civilization? <laughs> doesn't even make sense. But anyway, these Greeks and these Romans, we see many movies where they had many, many slaves. Institution of slavery, which touched the shores of America in 1611, and all of these slaves started to come into the country. I think we're going to talk about this more next week, about the slave trade, but I think it started with Portugal, the Portuguese, they were the first to get into the slave trade. And then later, England became... The uh, biggest producer of slaves because they were shipbuilders. They had many ships. Actually, England was so powerful for a small country is because they had a powerful navy. They can go anywhere in the world with their big, powerful navy. So these are great lessons that we need to really learn. You know, not not to beat up on people, but to have the knowledge that is necessary. to to understand the past, the history. As we I mentioned before, history is best qualified to reward all research. It's like a natural textbook right there, waiting for us just to pick it up and study it. Slaves of Eastern Europe and Spain were freed by the Umayyad Caliphate or, or rulers, who's Muslim. as freedmen. They got status and wealth. So when the Muslims came in, you know, the the media, the books or writers or whoever they are, you know, they mentioned the Muslims as some kind of savages. But any time you read the true history of Muslim rulers, they freed the people who were incarcerated or enslaved. They weren't allowed, they wouldn't allow themselves to accept a slave uh, that they owned under their leadership. Actually, none. Balao, even Rabah, uh, uh, Abu Bak, he freed him. And he said, I didn't free you for me. <laughs> he said, I freed you to be a servant of God. Actually, it called Abdullah, a slave servant of God, a slave of God. I mean, we don't like to use that language because as soon as we say slave, we say, oh, God has slaves? No, the only way that we can come to God is come as servants. You want to call it slave, you want to call it servant, whatever it is, but nonetheless, that's the only way that you could come to God is come to God in service to God. God knows best. Like in the history, as I mentioned, uh, Prophet Muhammad, 1,400 years ago, and the story of the Abyssinian slave, Bilal. You know, that name Bilal, I was doing a little research trying to find out, but it's not a Muslim name. The name is a Christian. I think it's a Christian name. There was a fellow I worked with, he was a Christian, he was a minister, and his name was Bilal. And then I said, wow, this is a Christian name. And he came, he was a slave, he was a Christian from Abyssinia. And he was enslaved in uh, Arabia uh, under the pagan people, and his name was Bilal. And it was Islam that set him free. And uh, quite nasty, God knows best. No man could legislate freedom. No emancipation proclamation is freedom. Only... Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. If it was really freedom, if it was really emancipation, then we wouldn't have the conditions of Jim Crow. Actually, Jim Crow, in some cases, was worse than Slavery, excuse me. Worse than slavery because more people were brutalized and hung and murdered during the Jim Crow period. In actual slave period, a lot of whippings and beatings and things of that nature, but hangings from a tree and burning and cutting off and castrating and raping women and things of that nature happened after the Emancipation Proclamation. So it's just a piece of paper. Man has to fight for his freedom. You know, sometimes we don't like to fight, but God says that these things are good for you. Some things that we don't like, we might not like fighting, but sometimes fighting is good for you. God prescribes it in some cases, fighting, and uh, God knows best. It is better, and this is my statement, it is better to die than to live under another man's interpretation of what freedom means to you. Person is telling you, I remember doing the civil rights movement. I used to tell Martin Luther King that uh, slow down, Martin, you're moving too fast. You know, we're not really ready for you yet. (laughs) It sounds ridiculous to me because I was never uh, in the civil rights movement. I was in the Nation of Islam in 1966. Uh, You know, I just couldn't understand that. I didn't understand. I understand better now. But I couldn't understand it. You know, they were telling him. I mean, he was fighting them, but they were kind of directing the fight. They go, you're moving a little too fast. You know, we're not ready, ready for you yet. You know, that's not the way you gain your freedom. You gain your freedom, brother, because this is your inherent right. It's what God gave you. Man, don't dictate who's going to be free and who's going to be a slave. This is with God. God is the best Noah. So this is going to conclude for tonight, and we thank you. If you're with us, we thank you for being with us. And in uh, closing here, as I mentioned earlier, we're talking about our Islam in America, established by former plantation slaves. Now, I said that to say this, that there are many Africans here now who are African-Americans but they didn't come through the experience that we came through, and they didn't establish Islam in America, nor did the Pakistanis, nor did the Arabs, nor did any other folks. It was established in America by African-American former slaves or plantation slaves, so we're going to be addressing that. And uh, also, we're going to be talking about next week period which is real important sometimes we miss that part and this is all leading up to Islam being established because all of us who came in the nation of Islam we came in the nation of Islam as children of slave ancestry and I think that's very significant for us and then later on we came through that development under the and then we came into That shows us too. It shows us too that the light shine shine is shining, or the the light or the sun is the light is shining now in the west. And Imam Muhammad brought us that insight. So we like to speak about that next week. And uh, we thank you for being with us, and we pray that everything is good with you, your family, and. this world. Actually, we need a lot of prayer. We need a lot of prayer. We need a lot of reflection. We need a lot of trust in God. You know, we say that we believe in God, but do we believe God? That's the better question. Do we believe God? And if we do, then God loves us and quite naturally, God will always love us. So thank you for being with us this evening and we're going to sign off